0: All right, everybody, welcome, welcome (laughs) to uh, Brett Hull's (laughs) Junction House in Winsville. It is a live, uncensored version of the Last Minute Blues podcast, and we have a very special guest, number 16, Hall of Famer and St. Louis Blues legend, Mr. Brett Hull joining us today. How great is this?
1: This is where we're supposed to clap, right? I, didn't, I didn't realize
2: it was playing in the restaurant.
1: Yeah, <laughs> He's the one to my left, by the way. That's him right there.
0: Brett, thank you very much for joining us, man. We really greatly my, appreciate my this. My
2: pleasure. Thank you for being here. It's a great day, great weather, great people.
1: This is a beautiful place, Brew, man. Food
2: and drinks in a blues game. What's better? Nothing
1: yeah, we, better. we do this podcast a couple of times a week, and uh, uh, the only really way that we've found to get Jamie here on time is to have you here. So thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it.
2: Really, Jeff? Yeah. Really? Wow, he never really learned to he, tell time. <laughs> he didn't, did he? Thank, you. thank God for digital clocks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, wait, you said clock, right? Okay, <laughs> just
2: checking. Well,
0: when, right. did, like, when, was the, when did you guys first meet each other? When did you first be, kind of become pals?
3: Well, Brett was stalking Early, me. N- early, early he Sent 90s. me a whole bunch of pictures in my mailbox. One you time. just,
1: you just whispered,
3: "We're I'll not tell you pals." What, I,
2: I've played with a million guys, but there's, I, there's not many funnier. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> boy, oh boy, boy! We had
2: a lot of good times. Then, when we played together with the Red Wings, we would like we lived like three blocks from each other, and we were just like inseparable.
3: Me, him, and Chelios, and
0: man, we had a good time. Well, he, he told I actually
3: he, felt like the limo driver at that point. He's <laughs> yeah. like, Brett Hull, Chris Chelios, and then they're like, and that guy. He's uh, like, hey, buddy, you got, you? got can you take a picture of Brett and I? And like, sure. I'll do the, right. uh,
1: the roster of players you guys had on that particular team, Jamie has talked about on the podcast before to to where he, from where he came, it was get the puck and dump it in.
3: Oh, jeez! And then he Christ.
1: comes and skates and sits on the bench next to you, and you're like, hey, idiot, you don't dump it in. <laughs> no. Not with these guys here. Yeah. They like the puck. <laughs> well, that's
2: actually uh, – You don't work hard to get it and then give it back to them. That's a stupid idea. Well, the,
3: the funny thing is, and for people who haven't heard the, the very first story that, that I said about this particular time is I get to Detroit, and the lineup is full of talent. Hall of Famers and me – I don't know why I was there, except, but because you were. Funny. Except for on D. <laughs> except for on. Uh, <laughs> there's two Hall of Famers and then four other guys. A couple of, I was one of the other guys. But it goes D to D to me in the neutral zone, and uh, take a couple of hard strides, get that red line, <laughs> dump it in. I'm like, yeah, that's
0: a fucking great play. <laughs> yes. Feeling good about yourself, feeling man. Feeling
3: good, feeling the flow. Okay, this so. is a uh, PG show. No, not this. No. Uncensored today, no, right? Yeah, uncensored. no uncensored. You're let get it fly, up. boss. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. My kind of show. So I, I get back to the bench, and Holly, is very, you know, he's, he's very um, subtle about the way he does things. Yeah, bullshit. He's staring down at me, and I'm trying not to, to notice him, and he keeps staring down at me. I finally go, What? What the fuck? What? And he goes, This is Detroit. We don't
0: dump the puck yet. <laughs> <laughs> but talk uh, up how many Hall of Famers were on that team, though, for real. Like, um, there was a bunch. I thought Jesus. we counted more than five. Well, you, there's way
3: more than five. We had woulda, Iserman five, Fuck. There there was five, five on the line. power play.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Shanahan, Iserman, Fedoroff. There was one line. Larry Onoff, Datsuk, myself, Chelios, Lidstrom, Hoshik, the coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe Zetterberg, I don't know, yeah. maybe not long enough, uh,
3: Robitaille. Uh, Who else do we have?
2: Well, they're starting to put checkers in, so Chris Draper was damn uh, good. Chris
3: Draper, yeah, that line was incredible. Yeah. Kirk Malpey, Chris Draper, Darren next, McCarty, I'm Joey Kosher. the
2: next one, the, the tough guys are going to start going in. They better. Uh, they deserve it, for sure. Uh, so... I mean it's there's a lot.
3: So that's actually where I want to pick up uh, on this one here is you know Holly obviously one of the greatest players in the history of the game one of the greatest goal scorers but I know Holly has a very big fondness for the tough guys and he brings it up all the time and you know he's in the movie Ice Guardians Kelly Chase helped produce that too and, and maybe Holly you can talk about how how much you appreciated having the tough guys on your team and just how much they were they were valued back then. Yeah, well, it's, it's not so much in today's game, but
2: back then, I mean, you had, I don't know, I would say half the teams had a tough guy that is a legitimate tough guy that would get 40 goals. And, you know, like Probert, he got maybe 35 one year, but, you know, without them... It was a free for all out there. I mean, there there could be a line brawl any minute, but you you'd get up and there'd be Probert or Grimson or Twist and Chase and uh, I mean, you just go from team to team. Basil McRae and I mean, just there were, it stopped at all because uh, people would think, oh boy, if I do something stupid, it's going to be a gong show out here, and it and it doesn't just end that night. I mean, it's all through the year they are coming after you, and it's so it just it made it easier for us to play and,
0: is, and do our thing. Is it tougher for you guys to watch the game now, be, be kind of because of of not necessarily that the, that the tough guy role is is pretty much non-existent, but maybe just because of of maybe the different kind of physicality that's happening in the league now. It doesn't seem like it seemed like back in the day there was a lot more policing of your of yourselves. It doesn't seem like maybe that's the case anymore.
2: Well. The game today is robotic. Um, they're they're so big and fast, and there's there's so many. You know, when back in our era, they were kind of small and fast, like Savard and Dougie Gilmore. But now, like you get these guys like uh, like Tuck from Vegas. I mean, what is he six four and yeah, he's, he's fat. I mean, uh, it's a different game, but. Uh, some of the the hits and what goes on out there if if there was still fighting it wouldn't happen and that's the that's the thing that really bothers me about the game now is they're trying to make it a very liberal game you know where it's like you're not allowed to do that or that you'll get canceled sure
3: but but but, no it's it's sad it's a piggyback on that it's still it's still hockey from the day it was and it's kind of not anymore so to piggyback on that look the skill everybody nowadays and this is what kind of irks me sometimes the wrong way is they talk about oh the guys are so much more skilled i beg to differ
2: i beg to completely
3: different you know i look back at the 90s when i broke into the nhl and, and look at the frigging list of players Mario Lemieux, Jaromir Jagger, Brett Hull, Steve Eiserman, like Wayne Gretzky. Go down the list of guys that were super Messi, talented. Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, Ray Bork, Joe Sackett. Yeah. Like the list goes on and on and on of dynamic superstars that were in the league. So I, I really get pissed off when they say, oh, the guys are so much more talented these days. No, maybe the fourth line guy, instead of being able to drop his gloves and stick up for himself, he might be a little more talented You know, as far as bumper to bumper when you tie, but that's it. The rest of the time, and I look back at the league in general, and like Holly's talking about, I I was a guy that ran around, hit guys and whatnot, but I knew where to draw the line because I knew I'd have to answer the bell. So like against the Chicago Blackhawks or the Detroit Red Wings where they had you know, Probert or Kosher or something like that. Guys who played a regular shift. Yeah, they yeah. played Gerard, a regular shift. Gerard Gallant. Ger- oh, Spuddy, he was tough, too. Yeah. And there's guys I figured out along the way that were tough because i like, holy shit, I shouldn't have done that because that guy's pretty <laughs> freaking strong. But we had Twister, and, and, you know, having Twister was like having a nuclear bomb where you just push the button <laughs> and release him and just blow up everything in sight. Tasmania devil style. But, but the, he was not used properly either
2: because, no. you know, he wouldn't touch the ice until something happened, whereas he, if you played him more regularly, that would never happen. Sure. And in that but, era,
1: of, uh, that kind of player, he was a, a decent hockey player for that ty- type of player back in that day, where he uh, should he have had gonna, more ice you know, time.
2: he wasn't going to. You weren't no. going to play him, you know, 10 minutes a game, but, you know, throw him out there a couple... Three times quick. on to the
3: Tell the story. I'm no, sorry. Yeah, no, I'll, no. can I tell it? Yeah, you can can tell I it? tell <laughs> it? All right. So somebody better tell it uh, after that. Well, hang on a second. Is Twister here? Yeah. I hope not. Okay, we'll find out. All right. If he is, you guys are all well, going to protect me, if right? If
0: he was here, everyone oh, would be with him. That's not a us. good point. That's a good point. <laughs> he's got to go through me to get to you. Know. So oh, he's, he's got to go tr- through yeah, you. Oh, you're shit. in trouble. Everybody loves. There's a speed bump.
3: All right. So Twister. As we know, one of the first of all, one of the greatest teammates, awesome. best guys yep. ever, and best. one of the toughest guys to ever put on the skates in the NHL. He he was trying to do his job properly. He got the puck on a play. I, I don't remember it exactly, but this is kind of the it was gi- preseason. Yeah, it was preseason, and he went to dump it in like the high flip was a great dump in back then because you get the D man having to go back for a soft puck and just run his face through the glass. And <laughs> and I, you got to
2: remember it was. It was no one had heard of these guys yet. This is the first training camp that Twister and Chaser came, and it was like like nobody had a clue who they were or what they did, or
3: they hadn't seen his like, prison record. That's yeah. sure. uh, exactly. <laughs> so our Twister, oh, chaser. Twister grabs the puck and flips it, the high flip, and then takes off. <laughs> <laughs> and he skates past the puck which is in the air, and puts himself offside. And the puck comes down and hits him in the back. And the referee's like, (laughs) offside. Holly goes, who the fuck gave this guy a jersey?
0: (laughs) I learned really quick why they gave him a jersey.
3: I swear to God, a couple of shifts later, Twister put his fist through the back of somebody's head in a fight and Charlie's like he can keep the jersey.
0: <laughs> I like him. <laughs> he gonna be my best friend. <laughs> so that's that's really good. I felt I felt bad for
2: Todd Ewan. Who else was on the team that they said mm. they were they were in the paper going Yeah, those You're in are- the elevator. Oh and my, Twister told him we're gonna fight you.
3: <laughs> yeah, Todd oh my, Ewan. Oh who the hell else do we have? Todd Ewan. Well, Twister. Dave Richter. And- Craig Cox. Oh, what's his name? The guy with the ugly face there. Uh, uh, Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Her, wasn't Herbie Rad? Herb Ragland. Herb yeah. Raglan. Oh my god! All these guys were sitting there who were tough guys before, and then in the paper, there, it's like Don King got a hold of you know the new yeah. lineup coming in, be like, twist. Chase and all these other guys, they're coming in to compete for the heavyweight job, and all the heavyweights were sitting there going, holy shit. We're going to have a full dance car come training camp. I mean, every
2: scrimmage in the training camp took an extra 45 minutes, and uh, we would, me and like Bernie Federico would look at each other and just like, like slap shot,
3: just like look at each other and go, (laughs) holy shit, what is going on here? Well, funny story, I don't know if you know this one, Holly, I think I've told you guys this, uh, I, you know, we didn't have the internet and access to all everybody's stats or Thank flight God. Tapes.
1: Thank God. Yeah, was, yeah, that's a whole other subject. Yeah, I, may have, I may
3: have. Well, yeah, there's a whole, there's a lot of branches on that tree.
1: How at <laughs> is it Lynn Dickey's again. Oh, no.
3: Again. Jesus, There's a Jeff, picture. Still. He never went there. But my, one of my first training camps, Twister is out there. And, and look, it, as much as Twister could hold his own as a hockey player, he wasn't the greatest player to ever put the skates on. And I got the puck. We're at the old Brentwood Arena. It goes like D to D. I get it. I go to move it up the ice, and Twister like finishes his hit on me. I'm like, well, fuck you. You know, cross check to his back. He stops and like turns around, and I'm like, okay, here we go, right? Doesn't happen. He skates away, kind of giggles. I'm like, okay, whatever. I go back to the bench, and Basil McCray is on my team. Basil takes a few steps down and pops me in the side of the head. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? He goes, hey asshole, you keep that shit up, I'm going to have to fight that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out quickly, we went for lunch after, we went to the train wreck yeah. for like wings and beer, imagine that. And uh, Twister, Buffalo burger. <laughs> Twister walks in and it, the chest and the arms and the I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm sure I'm glad he,
0: he decided to smile and save my life for Dude, the day. What happens when you guys like get into a scrap at camp or something? You know what I mean, like yeah, Brett? Is well, that me, a big me deal? And the, me and the coach make
2: up
3: after the
0: game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the funny thing is, is, our training
3: camps guys used to fight. We didn't have referees on the ice, yeah. so the players would have to break it up. And it was kind of weird at times because guys were competing. You know, I never had to go through it. It wasn't like competing for a fighter's job or anything. But the guys who came in, like, they had to make their mark or they didn't get a preseason game. And so they would walk into camp and and be ready to go, and the guys would just get after each other. And then the players on the ice were were tasked with breaking up the fight. Well, and the the guy who was the coach loved it more than anyone. Oh, Sutter? He would
2: just
1: sit there and he'd be like, <laughs> I when, love this. Wind him up and let him go. How do you know when to jump in at a fight and practice like me? that? Me, I never yeah. jumped. I'm like screw that. <laughs> I can I can find my own problem yeah. My Just dad told me as a kid,
0: the peacemaker, he always gets punched in the face. I'm like I'm good. You know, somebody that we have talked about quite a bit on the podcast and not in the most uh glowing of lights. Um and I'm oh, very Jesus. interested to talk to you guys both about the coach Mike Keenan. Uh Jamie has really never said anything even remotely close to positive about this man. Brett, we all have kind of an idea on what you we think you think of him, but can you, guys, can you guys kind of talk about what that was like playing for Iron Mike and then eventually, I mean, he ran all you guys out of town. Yeah, it was miserable. Period. It was miserable. Yeah, it was awful. Well, when you get,
2: like, not too many organizations in any sport – Get to trade for the greatest player that ever played in the history of the game, and after five days there looks at me and goes, What have I done? Oh, and you knew yeah. he was leaving. And it's like how how can one person screw this up so bad?
0: Five days,
2: really. Well, five, I a mean, week. I don't right. know. It was, right. Give or take. You you know, or take. Know, and, and I'll tell you the honest to God truth, because Wayne and I had the same agent. I was on the phone with him and the blues, and I had wayne and i said nobody wants you here more than me but as your friend do not come here wow. it is miserable and he goes no no he goes he'll change when i get there and i go Guts, this guy won't change for anybody and he goes i'm gonna come so i got on the other phone and said okay make the deal And after a week, he said, I should have listened to you.
3: It was really weird because, look, Brett and I were in different spots at the time, obviously. Um, And so as a young guy, you know, having Wayne Gretzky join the team via trade was incredible. I was like, holy shit, we've got the great one here. Like, this is truly a dream come true. We We were a good team. We we had an incredible team. Like, I'm thinking to myself... I'm a young guy. We have a chance at winning a Stanley Cup here. Not just this year, but maybe years to come as well. And then to watch it happen where it was one thing for him to treat me like a bag of shit. You know, I was a young guy, whatever, sent me up, sent me down, whatever, healthy scratch me for 25 games. It is what it is. But you get the greatest player to ever put on skates, and watching it from afar going like, what a fucking idiot. Like what, yeah. what is he doing here? Like he went out of his way, right? To, to be a dick. Uh, he just it was like he he was his he was
2: he was like the super nerd that wanted to prove that he was the most powerful. Well, the smartest and, guy and in you the know room what and to this yeah, so it's like okay, we get it. Now now what? To, yeah, and to like, that
1: point, and I'd, I'd love Jamie for you. He took it you, overboard love, to the
2: twentieth degree. It was crazy.
1: I'd love for you, Jamie, you to share your story about him calling you in the middle of the night. Oh shit! Uh, with yeah. everybody that hasn't heard that story, because that's incredible. But before you do that, uh, when you, when you hear mistreatment, how did of he players, know the number
0: like, of the bar? <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> Deserves. Very true. <laughs> well played. But,
1: but yeah. before you do that, when you hear the mistreatment of players, you know, uh, as fans, we all think, well, the guy was a hockey genius. You, you think you know what he was doing. But you've made a point to say that the guy just surrounded himself with people who knew what they were doing. Yeah, he yeah. was clueless.
3: Yeah, he really wasn't a hockey X's no. and O's guy. He, he thought he was a motivating guy. If you look at his rosters over the years, when he was successful, he had incredible rosters that prevailed despite him. And Mark so, Messier
2: won them a cup.
3: Yeah, Mass won a cup, and those Philadelphia teams that were so powerful back then, look at the roster, top to bottom, yeah. they were incredible. Mark Howe, Brian Propp, yeah. Ron Hexton. Uh, the one the one story that sticks out for me was, as a young guy, I'm living at the Hyatt Regency Hotel, Union Station, that's where they used to put us up, and they're supposed to have like 28 days in a the hotel, then they tell you where to, to get a place to live, well... As a young guy, you don't ask. You just continue to stay there until they tell you. It's up to them. And Mike kept me was like three months in, and I'm still at the hotel. And my phone rings at, I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't believe I was there, actually, Donnie. <laughs> and uh, I answered the phone, and it's a voice going, Hey, Jamie, it's iron. Who the fuck calls himself iron, yeah. by the way? If a, just say, like, it's iron. I'm like, okay. I thought it was like one of the older guys screwing with me or something. I'm like, okay, iron. I'm like, what can I do for you? He's like, no, it's Mike. Uh, I've been going over some video. I want you to come down to the, the rink and, and, and go over this with me. I'm like, right now? He's like, yeah, right now. <laughs> sure. So I'm like, all right. Thank God. I was like, it was the, uh, the Kiel Center at the time. So I, I walked over, which probably wasn't. I, I know
1: walked over, stumbled over, stumbled (laughs) over, (laughs) crawled over. But it is to the left, so maybe you just (laughs) kind
3: of leaned. (laughs) Whatever the case, got there, and we get into the locker room, and he shows me three video clips of Murray Barron doing something wrong. And I'm like, okay. He goes, if you ever do that shit, I'm sending you so fucking far from here, you won't ever play in the edge. I'm like, Mike, I'm like, it's Murray Barron. I didn't, like, I didn't do anything. Like, One, we're not even remotely the same player at all. And that was it. He called me out down there to just, just to screw with me, yeah, as you know, just to screw with does. me. is like a power thing that he had. And watch the video. And then at this point, I'm like, well, I'm not going back to the hotel. So I slept in the room, and the trainers arrived. Like, what the hell happened here? And I'm like, well, Iron called me down here at uh, three o'clock in the morning because he had to show me Murray Barron clips <laughs>
2: oh. well, tell you, and to, and to reiterate that to think people go oh, he's exaggerating. we were in the conference finals, and uh, game one we got shellacked. and uh, remember uh, he he comes in the dressing room and he he starts yelling at Wayne Gretzky oh. going uh, well, you make too much money you don't you don't want to play anymore and and meanwhile. John Casey had given up six goals on <laughs> on five shots. That's what you can <laughs> <laughs> like it was anybody's fault.
3: he and, was hard to hit that yeah, night. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and uh, and so we go back to the hotel there in Greek Town, the Athenium or whatever yeah. they were. And, wow, good job, Yeah, Brad. Thanks a lot. That's a and, lot of dollars uh, And so uh, I go up to Wayne's room and have a beer, and we're just BSing, and and all of a sudden the phone rings, and Gratz goes, "Hey, it's for you," and I it's the trainer. He goes, uh, Mike wants you to call him. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so I phoned down to the f- front desk, and I go, yeah, I need uh, Mike Keenan's room. And uh, oh, they go, uh, uh, we don't have Mike Keenan here. I go, okay, this is Brett Hull from the Blues. He's our head coach. He's staying here. Uh, nope, don't have a Mike Keenan. <laughs> And so I phoned the trainer back, and I'm like, uh, "No such person as Mike Keenan in the hotel." He goes, "Oh yeah, he has got an alias." No, <laughs> no. And because because Wayne came, and Wayne always went under an alias. Oh yeah, he decided that he was going to have an alias. Uh,
0: okay, so it's just strange. And hold
2: on, so so I go, okay, so it's like oh, whatever. And I go and I get his room, and he goes, "Hello," and I go, "Hey, Mike, it's Brett." And he goes, "Where are you?" I go why, and he goes, well, I phoned your room for a curfew, and you weren't there. And I go, well, if you phoned every room, you'd know where I was, because <laughs> <laughs> I was with Wayne. He right? never called Wayne's room. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I'm thirty. I don't know how old I go. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, right. Well, and it's the conference finals. I'm not
0: going to be out in. Some bar somewhere.
3: Oh, that was my job. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so, so could you pre scouting, <laughs> pre scout. Yeah. So you being Brett Hall and him being Wayne Gretzky couldn't. Have, would there have ever been a situation that you could have gone to ownership or something and went like, listen, no, because we they were morons, really. So, oh, the Keel <laughs> Center partners
2: and Jack Quinn, oh and Larry Plo, they were all morons. So you, so it was uh, it, uh, the, honest to God. Would you like me to polish new,
3: that up for you, Donnie?
2: Without the new ownership we would still be paddling water because from the day I got here, it was, you know, Mr. Shanahan was so unbelievable. Yeah. In, in his time as the owner, you could see all of a sudden we went from kind of a shit show to all of a sudden we were a team with Oates and Zezel and uh, Cujo and S- Stevens and Shanahan. And, and then And then as soon as, as soon as they took the team away from him, it just went to shit again. Yeah, and that was the only good part of ownership while I was here. I mean, and Jack Quinn. I mean, he learned from the worst. Harry Arnest. Everything was cheap. Everything. It was. I mean, it was. It was. It was amazing. We, we did as good as we
0: did. Yeah. It it just still as as a fan. And,
2: and Mr. Curran, I love Mr. Curran. Like with all my heart. But he didn't think his job was to build a team he thought his job was to make as many trades at the deadline as he could, whether they were right or wrong. And he, he made a couple of good ones, obviously, but there was a lot of ones, like that one to Vancouver. Oh, okay. God. Where he got, we were the best team in the NHL. Well, I guess Chicago beat us by one point in the regular season, but they lost in the first round to Minnesota. And we had nothing. They, they gave our whole second line, and one of our defensemen for Garth Butcher, and it was like, what, what did you just do? Mm. We love Butchie. It has well, nothing to do with it. And that was that was solely because when we were in Hartford, Mister. Caron had that deal that Pittsburgh had for Francis and Samuelson, and they were coming to us. But then Pittsburgh stole the deal at the last second, and he freaked out and had to make a deal, and that's what he did. And and then we got to Minnesota and the conference finals or second, I don't even know. And uh, they just would shadow Adam and I, and we didn't have a second scoring line, and we lost in six games. And Cujo got hurt. seemed like every time we had a great team, our goalie got hurt. Cujo, Grant here, and then you know, we had what Vinny Riendo. Yeah, it just was not. And yeah. John Casey,
3: I, John, John, and John Casey too. No, In was fairness, it Vinny? I don't even think uh, it was wasn't Vinny. Vinny. Wasn't Vinny? Wasn't The kid that
2: feel- loved to get stoned all the time. Oh Jablonski.
0: <laughs> oh, was it? <wasn't. laughs> Is it Jabber? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Allegedly, Jabber, stoned, jabber by 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 was awesome. Allegedly, I would like to know who was the one that liked to get high all the time. was his no. name? Remember him? <laughs> I do. He was I just like, know. hey man. <laughs> Were you ever in the mind frame like some of us St. Louisans, Brett, where before we won the Cup that we kind of thought that we were going to be that team that didn't ever win the Stanley Cup? No, you, no. Knew, you knew they were going to win at some point. Especially when
2: I came back, you could see the, 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 the basis was there to have a great team. And then, you know, Doug Armstrong, having learned from Bob Ganey, he's, he's a really, really good GM. Is there, be- is there a better GM in the league? Oh, they're, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's equal.
3: How do you evaluate yeah, that? Okay. I evaluated on the team, for me anyway. It's all know, scouting yeah. anyway. It's not the GM, it's scouting. It's the, the front, front best, office. The best drafters win. And the amount of time you can spend as a prominent team in the NHL. So if you look at Doug Armstrong's track record, and you got to give Hitch credit. We'll go to Hitch in a little bit here. But Hitch... For what? Fun. <laughs> give <him> cre- oh, <laughs> for what? Seriously, what did he do? <laughs> well, look at... Went from Mike Kitchen, okay, to Andy Murray, to Davis Payne. It was a bit of a shit show as far as coaching is concerned. And then Hitch came in, and as much as you don't necessarily agree with Hitch, in a lot of things, he he applied some structure to the team. Yeah, a hard it doesn't ass. matter when he goes and another coach comes in, and it's a whole no, new but deal. I'm not, I'm not focusing on Hitch in Should particular. I'm what I'm sure. saying is Army brought Hitch in, and it kind of, if you look at the timing of how the team was built with the scouting, the drafting, Army, and then bringing in Hitch, that's where, you know, with the Bacchus, the, the Oshi, the Steen, all that stuff, it, it's where it, all, it started. Yeah, but it, if you think about it, it all starts with the goalies, and
2: during yeah. that whole time, they were searching. They tried Miller. They tried Allen. They tried. Never
3: had go either. Yeah. and Go then, back to your and point. they never had the go And then, heard, the and then
2: it, it, you know, they drafted Benneken, and he came through. Which, and by that, the way, And that's is the only reason they won, is because he played better than
3: Tuchel Rask. Because we finally got the goal. Yeah and, yeah. and it still took seven games. That's how hard it is to win. And for people who don't know, Vili Huso was injured that year. Had he not been injured, it would have been Vili Huso that would have been thrust into that position because he was first on the depth and chart. And he would have failed. And it mm. wouldn't have, I don't think it would have ended up the same way, obviously. Jordan Bennington has a unique personality, yeah. that FU F- F- mentality. He's got that old-school Eddie Belfour cer- almost. I, yeah, but I certainly wouldn't,
2: like, if I was a player, I wouldn't be afraid to play against him. But he's got that mentality where he doesn't care and he just stops it.
1: You know, no, you know what, and and st- then
2: he's a little bit different than like Waugh and Brodeur and Belfort and the greats that are like they play the game great mm-hmm. and then have that mentality on top of
1: it. He reminds here. me a little bit of Jonathan Quick as far as the yeah, attitude sure. and going yeah. after players yeah. after a whistle or something like that. I what don't do you, mind it. That's getting you, a little I know out of you. D- I know you don't mind it, but what do you think of the, the stick swing? Okay. So I don't like it. Just play goalie in it. Right. I view it a little
3: differently than Brett. Yeah. That's, why I, that's why I brought it um, up. I kind of thought you would. Goalies are like I children. They should be seen and not heard. <laughs> I love Brett very much. But I disagree. Um, I think that for Jordan Bennington, and look, you had Eddie Belfour, We had Dominic Hasek. There's some weirdos that we've played. Yeah, but they don't go
0: slashing Really? People. Eddie didn't?
3: Well, if you did something to him. Eddie
2: didn't? Yeah, but that was it. Don't give me a yeah, but he's the only. But if you only if you did something to him, it seems like if you if you just look at him the wrong way, he comes out. Well, you. you know
1: what, Brett? Maybe he's sensitive that way. Maybe he is. <laughs> so do you like it? But uh, he's taken a little bit too far. Or you don't, like, yeah, it at I don't all? like it. at all? I don't so like it at all. I like it except for he he did
3: with the stick swinging and that. It's a little too much. That's over the top. He, him getting involved in the scrum behind the net and shoving guys, that's too much. Yeah, because that's when you should be able to grab him and beat yeah, and the, beat the out them. snot out of him. Yeah, so what <laughs> you I know, don't, if you want to get in there, you're going hey, to be spitting teeth yeah. if you want to get in here. Wanna, but what I don't mind dance, is dance, dance. him skating around <laughs> and then shooting the puck at Darcy Kemper. If he's going to do that, then follow the puck down the ice and fight the other goalie. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And let him go. And let him go. Yeah, don't, you don't need the guy coming in there and stopping it. Yeah, so you basically just agreed with me. No, I still don't. Yeah,
2: like I got him, it. Donnie. I got no. him. Yes. I was talking about the stick swinging. I mean, if he wants no. to get into a fight, let him get in a fight. The stick
3: swinging was a little over the top, but he even he admitted that the next day. He's like, ah, you know what? Well, it's too late then. In hindsight, I said, should... oh, really? You never did anything you regret? No. Uh huh. <laughs>
2: And we you are can remember it's that okay.
3: We're, we're in the trust tree, you can, you, it's okay. Brett, we're at
0: your place, we're fine. Nobody here is listening. <laughs> so, uh, guys, what do you think uh, so far? And, well, we already know, kind of, Jamie, what you think of this year's Blues team, because we talk about it on the podcast pretty often. But, Brett, what do you think about this version of, uh, of the Blues? How do you think that they're going to do? I think they're going to do great. I just think it's that the dreaded, last year was the dreaded,
2: I'm partying all summer because I won the cup in a place that's never won the cup before. And you're just not mentally prepared to play and then some injuries and, and whatnot. So I I think they're just, they're, they're back to where they were two years ago where they're rested, mentally rested and, and ready to go. And uh, I love the coach. And I, I think, I I think they, I I think they love the coach and that, that's, you know that's why Joel Quenneville won because he was a great player's coach. You know he was tough when he needed to be, but it was like, ah, day off today, guys. And it'd be like, hey, all right.
3: Takes a recognition to that, yeah. and I think I think as well here for the team right now is they. they Craig Ruby is he's a great manager of people. He's yeah. got some great people with him, like Steve Ott, Otter. You know him. He's a good friend of yours, and. You just have guys that have been in these situations before. And, and for me, if I'm a player, I'm trusting those guys. I'm like, you know what? This guy's walked a mile in my shoes, and he knows what I'm going through. He knows I'm going through a tough time or a great time or whatever. I just think that they have a really good Staff in place right now. Jimmy Montgomery. Remember Monty? Monty came in here. Like he was one of the one of the greatest college players ever. He's a good dude as you well. Mean he
2: played with one of the greatest
3: college players. Well, now. he did, but he also helped <laughs> that guy out quite a bit. But Monty's a great guy. Stop it,
1: <laughs> asshole! Hey, you're at his house. He can say whatever he yeah, wants. That's yeah, a good yeah. point. This is uh, No, I
2: like Jimmy a lot. I no, always good. Jimmy's a great guy. I. The, well, the the thing I'm telling you right now, I sat down with Chief a few times. And he will not put up with any of this. Uh, Say it.
3: Say it. I,
2: uh, but, I don't want to get political, but I think oh, you know what Jesus. I'm saying. He, so he would tell me that guys would come in and start crying, and he would just look at them and go, get, get the, out of my office. Get out. Like, what are you, You're crying because you're not on the power play or whatever it was? And he goes, get out of my office and just get out. And he goes, I'm not dealing with that. This is the NHL, and like if you want to come in and talk to me about, you know, you know, why aren't I playing? Do I need to do something better? Like, yeah, I'll do that. But if you're going to come in and all of a sudden there's tears in your eyes, it's like get out. And he, and that's what it he is. He's but you like, need get that.
3: Out. You need that. Honestly, yeah, I can't tell you. You like, need a kick in the ass guy. He's like, I don't know how it was for you because obviously that's a whole different world to where come I was on. on I was on the team and where you were on the team. But when you talk to a coach, you want the truth. Even if even if the coach tells you, "Hey, listen, Rib, you've been horse shit lately, and that's why you're not playing." I'd rather know I've been horse shit yeah. and then I can go, "Okay." Then I a- can go home and cry, <laughs> I or go to the bar, either or. But I get with the video guy, I can go over some shifts. Maybe if it's a D coach, I can ask him to break down some video with me. I have a chance then to change that. Huh. When you have a coach that says, oh, no, just keep working hard, you know, yeah, yeah we're just going to – but well, right now it's just a thing we're happy with. What Bullshit. And you don't, yeah, you don't have a clue what is real – yeah. You don't know what's well, going he's on. Well, a, he's, a,
2: he's a man's man, and he'll tell you exactly what's wrong. Yeah. He's not going to go, well, you know, it's a numbers game right now, and, uh, you know, just – keep working hard and keep your nose to the grindstone.
1: Well, when you're playing against the world's greatest players, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, if you're horseshit, you kind of know it before the coach has to say anything to you, correct? Well,
3: you,
2: you mm, do, not uh, not but
3: sometimes you start to get benched, and you are delusional sometimes as a, as a human being and as a player. You think you're doing a much better job than you actually are, and you, maybe you're not diving deep enough into it to figure out that there's a certain situation or, or players that you're playing against that you're not doing well. Tell me, like Vladdy. Yeah. Like was, how do you
2: how do you tell Vladdy that you're a sixty goal scorer getting twenty nine goals?
3: Like he's got to be better. You, 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 he's got to no, be better.
2: Like you, yeah, thirty goals better. So, so how do – But I I mean, but how so does, hang he on should a he's, hang on, on, he's a he's a is that goal? You? Yes, it's it frustrate you because it frustrates me that he misses the net on eight of every ten shots. Okay, how much? That's do, why you get twenty nine goals and not fifty.
3: How much does it frustrate you? Okay. A lot. No. Okay. Breathe. <laughs> how much does it frustrate you that he won't shoot the goddamn one timer? He can't. I. But how much yeah. does that frustrate you? Well, I. I said it.
2: I don't. I was. Someone. I did an interview about Ovechkin about to pass me in the on the goal list, and and so we we got into it, and I said, well, you know, like he he's one of a kind, but there's people that. And I I brought up Vladdy and I said, well, St. Louis has a guy that should be Ovechkin like, because we, we it was basically well, once he passes you, you're probably just going to be fifth forever. And so I'm like, yeah, well, there's there's people with potential that could do it. And I go like Vladdy Teresenko, but like he's a 60 goal guy that gets 29 goals. And I go, that's and that's Ovechkin and my, we have the same mindset, and it's like. I'm going to score, and that I'm going to do whatever I can, or will, or whatever it takes to score, and that's all there is to it. Where you look at some guys, and it's like, oh well, I I didn't score. I'm like, I would drive me nuts.
1: Well, one of my and it favorite- drives
2: me nuts to watch him, like like from twenty feet misses the net by ten feet. Like, how do you do that in the NHL? And I said, His, he's lacking a huge. Piece of
3: an arsenal not being able to one time the puck. Like he can do that. it. He doesn't want to though. Because I've been on the ice with him personally, and he can shoot it. He chooses not to. He's not no, confident in it. So that's but, that's that's why he's a 29 goal scorer. But before we move on, I know Jeff, you've got a question here, and I know I know what you're gonna ask him, and I think it's important. So but Hulley used to play this game after practice. I don't even know if you remember this, the one timer game where I'm not that old. Well, <laughs> just, you know. Uh, but what? No, I love you. <laughs> Holly, after practice, <laughs> we'd have a bunch of us guys who were shooting the pucks, and you'd know, screwing around after practice, and Holly would take one-timers, and obviously Brett Holes one of the greatest one-timers to ever play in the NHL, and he would challenge us. Okay, I'll bet you a beer I can hit the net, even no matter what you pass to me. Which was usually a horseshit pass, because that's kind of game-like for myself anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? You were in
1: mid-season form. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And so you'd throw a puck over, it was like bouncing, and Holly would time it, and be like, <laughs> in the net. Then you'd fire like a laser pass, and he would, back to the net. Like, son of a bitch, you couldn't get a pass. And no matter what you threw over there, he could handle it in a way to at least get a shot on net. So it is frustrating... To watch somebody who is um, described as a dynamic player in the NHL refusing or not able to shoot the one-timer when I'm like, you have no idea. Like, you should be able to be, nobody should be able to be Brett Hull, but you should be able to shoot the one-timer. So it's frustrating. And without
2: singling him out, you take a look at 90% of everybody on the team does the same thing. Yeah, like Jaden Schwartz missed the net more than any human being I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, like, you I, never I, came I, to I, any of my roller hockey games. I, 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 I,
1: <laughs> I invited you every game too.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a, it was it's Yeah, it was like, it was weird. you know
1: what? And speaking of uh, one timers or slap shots, I've always said that I would fine Colton Pareko for every time he did a wrist shot as opposed to a slap shot.
2: Well, no, because the that wrister sometimes is. Just as effective as that.
1: He's doing it because for a reason, those, I get those, it. But when a sl- no, he does the slap shot, but though, those it's so moron, hard.
2: Those morons back there, like, you know, we get in trouble for not going to the front of the net, and then you get what those What When you see yeah, yeah, back you, there, the, people, just, the guys who have no clue where their shot is are those going. guys? What position are yeah, those guys? D. Oh, D. really? D. D for dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they're, you know, lucky enough to play with Pronger and McInnes. And Al McKinnis shoots it harder than any guy ever dreamed of. I know, (laughs) and and you would never be afraid to stand anywhere because he knew exactly where where the puck was gone, and there was no fear of being hurt. Where I I I cringe watching games when
0: guys get it at the point, and it's just. I am no,
2: and
1: when you hear that puck at that backboard, oh. you're like, oh, damn. So, so is that just a skill a that has,
0: has kind of deteriorated yeah. over the years? Is that what it is? Yeah, because they have no idea what they're doing. They
3: yeah. Just, There's not a lot of, um, I don't know if it's attention to detail yeah, or focus exactly what or whatever it is. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, but we used to get shit for, you know, if you have a practice, you're going down the ice, you miss the net. The coach would lose his mind. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, hell, he'd make people, the whole team, uh, do push-ups. Yeah. You know, as dumb as that sounds, I mean, you're a professional athlete. Guy comes down and rips one, misses the net by four or five feet. Everybody, ten push-ups. You're like, okay, whatever. By the end of the day, when you've done like 300 push-ups,
1: they're like, hey, asshole, hit the net, would you? Well, you got a pretty good resource in town. Does anybody ever reach out to you and say, hey, can we maybe do a little one timer with you for a little while? Not once. What about if I did? (laughs) Meet you out at the rink. Lose my number.
3: So Holly, one he quick, means it. He the, means it. Actually. One quick th- thing, and I know Jeff, you were going to hit on this. I, I could see you getting momentum towards your question, but people fighters always talked about that anxiety of the next fight, right? Yeah, having to sleep on it. Right, I couldn't imagine. So you've said more than one time, and I've heard you say it: yeah. the anxiety of never scoring again. All right. walk us through that, that. Well, that was my motivation. I. I went to
2: bed scared to death I was never going to score a goal again. And that was my motivation to make sure I did. And that, that was, I, it, I think maybe after a while, it was, you know, kind of self-induced. But
0: still, it was like, I, I got to score. Yeah. And I, I got to score. So That's it, what I do. Did, did your drive as a hockey player, is that, I mean, just a direct correlation to your pop's and who he was i mean did you learn your work no. ethic no you did not that was something that you did on your own no i didn't have a work ethic or
2: i'd have 1500 goals <laughs> I, I well, uh, if i okay but if wait, wait, been, I, I gotta wish, stop you there stop i wish shit. there was no social media or i wish there was social media when i played because i would have spent a more. lot more time at home sure
0: okay <laughs> Well, <laughs> think, think I about the out? guy
1: that came from Calgary. Completely different
3: hockey player, completely <laughs> right. different person. Right. Not but, much, though. I'm telling you, not that much of a difference. Well, the guy did, yeah. well a the little oppor- bit. No, the opportunity got bigger. Opportunity yeah. got bigger, uh, but Brett was. But you have, much to, you have the same to accept guy. it and take it. Mm-hmm. It, it. And he's listen. He's hard on himself for you know maybe not working as hard or what is that. Brett Hall was one of the greatest teammates I've ever had. And one thing that's not known by the general public is how hard he worked and how much he cared. And there would be opportunities in the game where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'd ever play Hully in this situation. Bullshit. He's one of my first fucking picks because I know he wants to win. win. Terrible. They, They... He was a really incredible penalty killer because he's very smart and could read the play. And then he was a threat to score on the penalty kill. Yet coaches viewed it as they want, you know, Joe no skill to kill the penalty. And and so when people and even himself. And and they should be the first ones out there. I got no problem with that. Right. Towards the back end of the penalty kill, though. uh, But in defending him from himself, he was a much harder worker than people ever gave him credit for. And I would say this, and I know you're going to think this is crazy and it's possible because it's coming out of my mouth, but <laughs> the greatest passer I've ever played with. And that I, was a good passer. I played. <laughs> it, there you go. It, it well, like, that was my saying, right?
2: If you can't pass, you can't play. Can't play. You can't play if played you with can't Gretzky, game, Oates, Play with Wayne Gretzky, Adam Oates, you name it. The, I the whole with, game best is Best passer go.
3: I've ever seen. You have to be able to pass. Give it go, get it back. It's like. And the funny thing is that Hulley hated to shoot the puck in practice, so he'd always pass it to everybody, which was fine. Now when Holly still had a bit of a buzz on from the night before, and it <laughs> did happen regularly, <laughs> he would fire passes that were laser beams. You didn't even want to catch the pass because it was like a 77-mile-an-hour pass. You're like, fuck. <laughs> My hands are still sore because I'm so goddamn hungover from the night before. Oh, And the the practice rinks are like 40 below oh. and your
2: fingers are just...
3: Ah. This asshole's firing lasers. <laughs> you're like, God! And if you miss it, like a shit bum like me, I miss it. The coach is like, hey, asshole,
0: get a pass. Can't even get a pass from Brett Hall. So, so this is one for each of you. So, J- Jamie, what you're saying is that you know there was a bit of a of a reputation for for Holly maybe not being the the hardest worker, mm-hmm. so you believed that that was not necessarily deserved Mm-mm. and then Holly did you care that 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 maybe was the narrative there for a while no i never I didn't care about anything right I was like I knew what I
2: did it wasn't so much that I didn't work hard it it was my lifestyle that was uh, it was. Counterproductive to the work. What sure. lifestyle is that, Brett? <laughs> well, we did mention I, Lynn
1: Dickey's. Earlier. I was very yeah. influenced by my teammates. <laughs> oh, one of wow. my, one of my wow. favorite. Uh, I never had a
2: beer in my life till I met Kelly Chase. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've always always treated the media really, really well, though. One of my favorite Uh, memories of you back in the old Because you're our
2: voice to the people.
1: Right. Um, Until you get your own place and you have your own damn voice. Um, I loved how you used to, and I don't know if this was a regular thing for you or not, but I remember, and I told these guys this before, when you would sit in your locker after a game, especially when you knew people were going to come talk to you, you would lay out out a towel, like a 4x4 towel, put in a dip, and nope, just start, I did not chew. I mean, not. It wasn't that. But what I'm saying is, you would put the towel out to where you would keep all of the reporters just back just a little yeah. bit, so you could get a little because bit. Because they all had
2: coffee breath, and, it was
1: like <laughs> and the trail mix <laughs> up oh, in the press man. box was pretty good too. It was like,
2: oh, what you have for dinner? A shit burger. Oh, <laughs>
1: But no matter what. Because that's what
2: they did all day. They stayed at the rink, and they must have had 1,000 coffee. And, and, in,
1: and hot dogs. In, and bre-
3: in Breast Defense, the the, lazy, the breath of a 1,000 llamas yeah, right. does yeah, happen yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I only got interviewed like once Dave,
0: every month. But
2: Dave
3: Luking. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was an old post-dispatch writer,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. Remember correctly. yeah. He was, was a good callback. He was
2: a super nice guy. He's like, but he <laughs> they, they put him on the hockey beat, and he— and if I'm not mistaken, before that he was in the gardening section. Yeah,
1: so that's, that's almost so we same, had right?
2: to teach him about the game. Oh. So it was <laughs> yeah. that's almost yeah, the same. Yeah, that is mean,
0: <laughs> that's, that's not satisfying. Like he
2: right? would he would sit on the plane with us back in the days, they did that. Uh commercial, middle seat, TWA. You never like, had a middle seat. Oh, Who the oh, hell yeah, are you I kidding? And, uh, <laughs> I had a few of those. And <laughs> so he would listen to what we would say. And write it in the paper, and and we'd go, whoa, whoa, Dave, you can't do that.
1: Yeah, this right. is. you
2: can't use anything until you go to someone and say, hey, I'd like to have an interview with you. Right. Then you can use what they say. You can't just cherry pick things you hear on the street. That would be a nightmare. You, well, that's I think it's illegal too.
1: Right. Was there was there a pecking order as far as the seating on oh, those yeah. planes?
2: Veterans, oh,
1: veterans up yeah. front. Oh, it was a t- big deal. Veterans too, guys. in the no, front or in the back? The, oh, no. The,
2: it was all games play. The fewer games you had, the worse seat you got. Okay. And the worst stuff you had to do.
3: Or if, if the
0: worst stuff. Or you if had you, had you weren't really we, well, liked you had well, a shitty no, seat. Well, like, yeah. 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 I want to know the yeah. worst I'm, stuff you have to do. I'd like to. <laughs> well, I'd, I mean,
2: like there was time. You know, have back, no idea. You don't remember. Brent back, liked back, me, so it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day, like there, there was no charters. People didn't grab your bags, like you. you well, they you, did. You had to. You had Luggage. to grab your own. Oh, bag. You'd have to grab it off the carousel at the airport, right? And right. so the young guys, if you know, there was jersey bags and laundry bags, and so they would have to take the extra bags. Huh. I mean, it was like there like people think it's.
0: red oh, had me handle this. Yeah, I thought it was way worse than that.
2: for For ten years of my career, we were flying commercial, and then so we would go, we'd go uh, Detroit, uh, Detroit, Minneapolis, back to back. And wake up at 4:30 in the morning to catch a six o'clock plane when it's 40 below, and then we'd get home at whatever time. And Brian Sutter would go, "Okay, practice at 1:30." And you just sit there, and you like, looking back, you go, "How was? How did anyone survive?" Right? It was just—it was you, no time to stretch, no where to stretch. Your equipment would be freezing. I mean, it was just. Like they have no idea. Like the th- the things that like, can you imagine? You know, my dad's got I don't know eleven hundred points and six hundred goals. He he rode the trains. Right. Like that shows you how good they were. Right. 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 You know, in leather skates and wooden sticks, it's like
0: straight. You know, like very I, straight. Sticks I've got
2: on. less than one hundred and fifty goals more than him, and I live the life of Riley compared to him. Right. I mean, it's a it's a joke, and now. These kids, they don't know. They travel with their Xboxes
0: and their their blenders. I mean, it's embarrassing. But, 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 okay, (laughs) the the ninja. I I just want to ask on this a little bit. So I understand the theory of that. And, and you would like for it to be maybe a little old school in that regard. But these guys are, you know, man, probably way more plugged into their personal fitness and how it affects their performance and things like that.
2: Completely, because they're all nerds.
0: It's true. Yeah. Who travels with an
2: Xbox as a 30-year-old human being? Yeah. A man, a grown man. Well, playing
0: video games. I guess I shouldn't answer it if I would. No, be one of don't the want ones to answer that, that okay. Donnie. Please right. don't right. do that to yourself. <laughs> I, I won't do that. I do agree, though. It, it, you've lost. You've
3: lost a really amazing. <laughs> you have not you, Brett. <laughs> not you, Brett. But you've lost as a as a league or players, whatever teams. You've lost an element that was so incredible. Of getting to, together, yeah. Team getting lunches are the greatest thing ever. We Brett and I used to have uh, remember the perfect sushi order. Yeah, we'd try to <laughs> we'd have practice and get done with practice, and we'd go, uh, especially in Detroit, Little Tree. I think it was, what it was called. Yeah, we and, bonsai uh, or something. Like that. I don't know, one of the two. Which and, translates to Little Tree. We would. Tra- it does, Brett. I think very so. well done, by it really the way. Does. <laughs> we would <laughs> try to <groomed> little tree. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were talking about yourself. Um, so we, <laughs> we would try to execute the perfect sushi order and order a bunch. And, but it was like, it was fun to get together and be with the guys. And then we got on the road. And you go out. Guys would actually pick up the phone, the hotel phone, and call each other. Yeah. And as time got on, we'd, we'd meet in the
2: lobby. Yeah, like meet 11. in the lobby in yeah. 10,
3: 15 minutes. And we'd go there. And you get six, seven, eight guys together. And you'd head off to a restaurant. Yeah, and it was or, like, you didn't want to call them cliques, but there were some guys that didn't
2: like to do what I like to do, right? Like, so I'd like to go have a real nice dinner and some red wine. And, and then, you know, like when I was in Dallas, Hatcher and Matt Vichuk and John Chambers, they'd go to Hooters and drink beer and, and have crab legs and chicken. It's back. a fantastic menu. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, so every, everyone was different. You know, some guys, all they would eat is Italian. And so, like, so you'd have, like, guys that kind of, they were buddies, more buddies than they were with us. But we all got along. But right. It was like, well, we were the Italian crew, and they're the state crew, and they're the, I don't know, the... Beer-drinking Hooters crew. <laughs> <laughs> when I got to Detroit. But, the, the, you can tell by the size of the contract by where they went.
1: Jamie's in the hey, drive-thru. Hey. <laughs> okay,
3: so that's where I'm going here. Is we got, I got to Detroit. Working the drive-thru. I, I got to Detroit, and uh, I pretty much was paying to play there at the time. Based on what I made compared to the rest of the team, but obviously, I'd been teammates with Brendan Shanahan and Brett, and you know, knew a bunch of the Sean guys. Sean Avery. Sean Avery. Yeah, well, wonderful guy there. But these guys uh, would all want to go out to dinner. And Matthew Schneider, who was my roommate at the time, and nobody knows, but Schneider's made an awful lot of money in his career, and he liked to secretly li- he liked to live the life of someone who made a lot of money. And so I used to tell these guys like, Hey, let's go for dinner. The bill would come, and I'd be like, "Hey guys, I I like, I'm gonna have to go get another job <laughs> to pay for." But that's a, that's how great it was. We would we'd pick it up. They would pick it up. You and know, we was- would we, like
2: when I signed my first big contract, it was like you get the meal money, and I just throw it
3: right to the trainers or a young guy and go, hey, you know, I go, "I don't need it. You you use it." But that was great about the especially the guys in Detroit in particular, and, and Holly for sure was we'd go out, and they'd be like, ah, don't worry about it, because I was like, holy shit. <laughs> right. But then I would, in, in return, like the next day... He I'd was bre- a good driver. I would... I, well, I don't know about that either. Uh, but I would grab lunch or whatever the next day, something that was a little more feasible and, sure. and whatnot, and then all I had to do is just uh, make Brett laugh uh, at dinner, and uh, it'd be fine, yeah. <laughs>
0: and we did. We had a lot of laughs. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what we have got in front of us here, gentlemen is a whole bunch of questions from uh, from the folks out in the audience. So uh, we would like to get your answers on these particular questions. Okay. Uh, Brett, for you, favorite band or go-to rock out song? Oh, For a while, I know you were a big Neil Young fan. Yeah. But I don't know if still that still applies. I right? I'm still, but
2: um, I'm a, I'm, I think the Rolling Stones are the greatest rock and roll band ever, so.
0: So yeah. if there's a Beatles, there, Stones what's to beat, you're st- taking the Stones.
2: Well, no. No. No, I, the, the Beatles are the Beatles, but the s- Stones are the greatest rock and roll band. I
3: got okay. it. So what's The Beatles,
2: without the Beatles, there are no Stones. Oh,
3: Jesus Christ,
2: Brad. Okay. Just answer the fucking question. <laughs> okay. I think so, he did. He kind of. And right? I've kind of gotten into country. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Here let's, we go. Yeah, let's yeah. move on to the next one. Guy lives in Nashville, and now he feels little, like he yeah. has to say like well, country. You know, George
3: Strait is my... Oh, here partner. we go. There's the a humble brag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just dropped that Had name. dinner
2: with Darius Rucker last night. Holy cow. Oh, Who you paid? Had the Who paid? Who paid?
3: <laughs> Let's call him. Oh, Jesus. Let's get Hootie. All right. Does he go by Hootie anywhere? No. he doesn't like If you call him Hootie, does he get mad? <laughs> oh, he doesn't like that. <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't return my call. Well,
2: you know how we they gave him that because... He was notorious for giving everyone nicknames, mm-hmm. and so they gave him
3: the—he hated it. He hated so they just called
2: him that. So that's like an yeah. NHL team. Uh, you
3: yeah, guys I mean, hate yeah. their nickname. They're like, okay, that's great. That's yeah. sad. Okay, uh-huh. that's your nickname. Yeah, you will piss him off if yeah. you call him Hootie. Yeah. There's no really doubt I've about that. I've yes. also noticed
1: in hockey, uh, the nicknames always, if it's a long name, you make it longer. If it's a short name, you make it longer as well. Like, mm. Hall, it's Holly. You know, it's yeah. like we're not saving any time here. Holly's well, by- had a couple of nicknames. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he had Burt. Yeah. Remember that, Bert? Coaches always said,
2: "Asshole, asshole. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Hey,
3: asshole." You said- I was always like, "Hey, everybody needs one." Imagine how messy this would be without him.
1: You said Bert, and it reminds me of your brother Bart. And the, yeah, one, the Bart. Fir- when I when I met him a handful of years ago. Uh, with the <laughs> St. Charles Chill. I walked up to him and he introduced himself. And I said, oh, uh, you're Bart Hall. What do you do? And he goes, oh, I'm just Bart Hall for a living.
2: <laughs> and he
1: never really proved me wrong. <laughs> <Yeah. after that. laughs> he was a good a football player, though. He played yeah. up in the Canadian yeah, Football scored, League.
2: Yep. Yeah, he, well, he scored the first touchdown
3: on the blue turf at Boise State. He, wow. Uh, I did not know that. For the Ottawa. That's a good trivia yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. will yeah, The Ottawa Rough Riders. In yeah, and yeah. uh, the
2: Toronto Argonauts. The Toronto Argonauts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. Now here. it's the Ottawa Redblacks. It is uh, next. Yeah. Next one for Brett. Uh, what's your choice of drink, Brett? Oh, that's easy. There Co- we go. Coda go tequila, fifteen thirty Rosa. How did this come on about? the rocks? How, like, how did you? How did you wind your way into this? Uh, I have a place down in Cabo,
2: and uh, we met these two brothers, uh, Joaquin and Federico Vaughn, and their dad is Californian, and he married uh, their mom, who was from Cabo. And uh, they were, they went to prep school. <laughs> they played hockey a little too. It's Jesus. funny. They tell talk, me the stories. They're great. Talk. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then they went to SMU to. They were going to take over their dad's business. And uh, we we met down at the the golf course. And they would bring out you know like when you go to uh, Little Italy and you order just the house wine and it comes can come almost in anything. It's not going to be just in a bottle. Well. They'd throw a a bottle of whatever it was in your ice box on your cart, and every few holes we'd do a shot. And you know, after a couple of years, we're going, okay, this is crazy. This stuff is so good. And Ron, our friend Ron Schneider, who owned Crocs, said, "We're we got to we got to take we got to take this public." And they went to the family because it's fifth generation. Their the their recipe. grandpas made it, and. Uh, they would just keep it in the garage, and they said, as long as you don't, uh, as long as you don't change the recipe and promise that, it, you've got our blessing. And then if you see the Jerusalem cross, where we make it in a, a Matitan in the province of Alisco, down in Mexico, we had to go, uh, we wanted to do that for the bottle, and we had to go to the, the nunnery. No, it's not a nunnery. Oops, where the nuns are, the Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> the <non-a-re-y>. the mon- <laughs> Until I'm not very religious. <laughs> I know it wasn't a seminary. A monastery, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so the, so the nun said, well, you bring us some tequila and let us try it. But and if, they it, did. if it passes the test, we'll let you. And we gave it to them, and they just went. And so that's where we have the uh, Jerusalem cross on the on
0: the bottle. And so where can everybody get these? Can they get anywhere yeah, yeah, Total yeah, anywhere. wine, wine and cheese. Lots of places. I I don't know, yeah. good.
3: Anything like a schnooks or deer? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Schnooks, for sure. And I'll tell you what, I'm not any
2: reparable dealer carries
3: it. I'm not a, te, I, I wasn't a tequila guy, uh, but Brett had a, a great yeah. get together at his house here in St. Louis and had everybody in the band that's involved with Kodago to in town, and I was surprised at how amazing it is, and just like. Straight up on it's the it's pure. There's not yeah.
2: Except for the rosa, we take our blanco and we age it one month in cabernet barrels, and that's how it gets that little pink
0: undertone. And there you go. Yeah. Did Did you know stuff about you know like making liquors and stuff well, he before you started he knew this? You know about drinking it. Drinking yeah, it. That yeah, he's part. Still, <laughs> he still did a knew lot better his body. The bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, next question here for you, Brad. Who was your favorite team to play for outside of the Blues? Love the girl in the Red Wing shirt.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> I mean, when you get to play on a team like that and win the Cup, it was, it was Detroit. And I think that the, one of the coolest things anybody can do as an NHL player is play for
0: an
3: original six team. Like, it's really... Or like half of them. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what, what's the, what is it about it? Is it just the, the, the history of the organization? Yeah, there's
2: just an aura, you know, and, you know, we, we would be in Detroit before practice and Gordy Howe and Ted oh, Lindsay God. would come in and just sit down next to you and That's talk amazing. to you and it was just like, you know... You know, even when you
0: got Iserman and Chelios and Lidstrom and Hasek, it's like River. these guys—you get goosebumps, and it's like it's—it's it's incredible. It's amazing to hear that because I would think of you as the guy that would not be overwhelmed by many people. Oh, you no. know, they're fabulous. Their their
2: alumni room is like you know, you know Sid Abel's in there, and I mean Dino
3: Cicerelli comes. out. I mean, it's it's I, really to Brett's point. It was pretty classy. awesome. Like I, I I arrived in Detroit and for one. One part of it is having guys that were players, the current players that you know are legends of the game. But then to come out after working out in the morning and then you go to or, or you go in to work out in the morning and there is terrible Ted Lindsey yeah. walking on the treadmill in the weight room. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, at 80 years old, yeah, at 80 <laughs> years old. And then Gordy Howe coming in to say hi to the guys and whatnot. It's. It's kind of mind-blowing. I man. remember
1: when you guys were out at the old uh, Hardy's Ice Complex, and I would go out and do my show while you guys were doing training camp, and then come out, you guys would talk with us and stuff. Speaking of that sort of thing, and I don't know if it's in the, in the same uh, atmosphere or stratosphere, is I remember pulling in and seeing Jimmy Roberts, just like walking the perimeter, just exercising, just walking, and having people like him in the locker room had to have been amazing back in the day.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy has so many greats. I have had. Uh. I played with Jimmy in the minors, and then he came up to St. Louis and was a coach here. So Jimmy Roberts, for me, was um, a treat, to say the least. I agree.
0: All right. uh, Golden Brett, favorite goalie of all time, question mark, Cujo, another question mark.
2: Yeah, no question. And Grant Fuhr, Grant? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good question. Way to go. Way to go. You're not supposed to give the answer in your question.
0: (laughs) So Dominic yeah, wouldn't be in that top three?
2: No, no. Yeah, I mean, I lost, but no, Cujo and, wait, wait, and, and Grant Fear. Who'd you ask? I just favorite asked if goalie. if, if Hasek would be in no, that top No, I wasn't that his favorite. Role.
3: That's for fucking sure.
2: Why not? He's just weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You will
0: hold the muffin. Uh, you hold the muffin. You hold the muffin. You will hold no, the you muffin. No, you hold the, the muffin. But goalies have to be weird, though, right? you got to no. be to be able to. No. No. No.
2: Cujo and Grant Fear were the most. They could have been forwards. All right. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I Actually, 100%
3: yeah. I agree that uh, you don't have to be an absolute weirdo to be a great goalie in the NHL.
0: I just thought, I mean, if you're going to, you know. You know who the greatest bucks. was? The backups were always the best.
3: Are
2: they the best? Yeah, they were the best. Could, Patty Jablonski and the
0: guy that loved to get stoned. Right, the <laughs> guy that loved to get stoned. Whoever we can find <laughs> the out the who that, that is. his team? <laughs>
1: Well, from your impression of him, we should be able to figure out. <laughs> trying not to sewer the guy right
0: now. Here's, here's a really good one. Your best memory with Bobby Plager? Uh, everyone, you know, listening to those dumb jokes he told. Oh, like, Jesus. like he was the king
2: of the dad joke. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he had the incredible. He told it,
3: though, in the first
2: person. Well, yeah. But it, he had the incredible ability to take a dad joke and make it dirty. Yep.
3: Aren't all dad jokes? No, that's no, not how we no. do it. No, no, dad okay. jokes Damn it! Yeah, that's right. why they're
0: called dad jokes. <laughs> like,
3: I'm kind of doing <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But was there any, so it was it was just every every
2: time you would sit down with Bobby, it was it was a new experience. It was awesome. Yeah, he was a great human being.
0: And is he the the greatest blue of all time in your in your guys's eyes? Well, obviously I'm not. <laughs> I guess that's going to be you. Well, I
2: didn't know. Maybe no, you hold just, a special pieces. Yes. He and your yeah, heart of is the course. greatest blue. Is, that's what I meant. He is the greatest blue of all time. Yeah. Like that whole group Barkley, Bob, Bryant Sutter, Bernie Federkel, uh, Red, Gary. You know, Glenn Hall. Those the guys that started the whole thing are yeah. the best. I would right. like for Brett Hall to never look at me like that ever.
1: Again. <laughs> that is what I like. Brett Bre- uh, 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 Brian Sutter seems like the kind of person to me that every time the Blues as an organization reach out to him and go, "Hey, we're going to do this thing," he's like, "Nah, I'm good over here. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. good." And they're like, "Okay, yeah. cool. I got right, to Yeah. <laughs> All right. He was a great. He was a great man. I love Brian Sutter. Uh,
0: a few years back, uh, this question. A few Jesus, years back, I asked you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I asked you what you would change about the game, and you said, I would get rid of the goalie trapezoid so the goalie could be more involved. Do you still feel that way? If so, why? Uh, yes, because the, the,
2: a defenseman's going to get killed. So explain that, though, plus, because when you play well, Dallas you, the, with the, Eddie Belfort... The, the goalie should have the skill to be able to move the puck, like Brodeur and Belfort and Cujo. And, you know, those are things... It's a skill. Mm-hmm. And now they just stand in the net. I, I mean... The, a defenseman 's going to get killed, you know, and the other thing is put the red line back in because a forward 's going to get killed because they skate backwards and then turn around and some six foot five guys coming at them full speed and it 's like well don 't skate backwards, but they wouldn 't if the red line was there, they couldn 't right right, and then get rid of the shoulder pads, make them small again
3: yeah i, I 'll second that because. Uh, as as someone who ran around a little bit and threw the body around. Yeah, they're weapons. They whatever's happened, I'm not sure, but I will say that when I played I barely had yeah, little shoulder little caps yeah. and yeah, I'd still run a guy, but it was it different. Hurt. It it kinda hurt a little it made bit. Made you think twice. It made you think twice. But at the same time, you couldn't just launch yourself into another human. So
1: being. when and where was the change? Was it a was it a, between the two sides? Oh, said, hey, some, we can make the some
3: good
2: player got his shoulder hurt, so the GM made him wear big shoulder pads, and then it just went from
3: there. Yeah, yeah and then the hard plastic. Yeah, and and the all hard that.
2: elbow pads got to go too. Yeah,
0: although right. it's the shoulder pads that are more important. All right, Brett, what was your and best? Bring fighting back. It it feels like that is something that again, we talk about it on the podcast, man. It just feels like the game could police itself a little bit if there was a little bit more of that. But then you know what though quit listening to the bleeding hearts. No 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 but no, but here but I'm being fan No 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 but listen yeah, Donnie. Though, but yeah. I do no as a fan, and I wanna say this, I do feel bad a bit for wanting fighting back because I don't You're like lying. the idea of the guys getting hurt. Of Those guys with have well, lingering issues and don't concussions, fight. In them. oh, that's all crap. All right, well, I'm Jeez just saying, I'm, 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 but I'm saying though that that as a guy that would want to bring fighting back, I would just eat, I'm not the one fighting, you know what I'm saying? It's somebody else. I mean, if if you if you were a boxer for
2: 25 years, okay, I'll give it to you, but if you if you got into you know seven fights a year, you're come on,
0: I got it, makes sense. I got the look, look again, yeah, for sure. Did. Yeah, yeah, you
3: kind of did. You, you deserve that from, one, no, Donnie. You know, I usually stick up for you. No, I can't don't. do it that time. But That's all right.
0: That, yeah. uh, what's your best moment as a blues player? Uh, getting
2: picked up at the airport by Susie the day I got traded here. Susie Matthews. Nice. That was. That was. I had no idea what to expect. Didn't know a
3: thing about St. Louis.
2: And uh, there was a
0: love affair forever after that. Not, well, not love
3: it. Well, a love affair with St. Louis. Not City. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm here to help, buddy. Yeah. But I'm she was kind
0: of one of those legendary sort of names oh, in, in yeah. blues lore. Without her, the place would have crumbled. it would have been a shit
3: show.
2: Yeah, she did everything. Line.
0: She was yeah, one of the ones that actually was, probably cared about you guys yeah. as people. Yeah. Ended up being Brett's.
3: I don't say personal second assistant, mom, but it, it was like amazing yeah. what she did for Brett. Yeah, yeah she's an incredible human being.
0: All right, let's see here. Watching hockey now, what would you say is your favorite part of the sport as it has evolved? So, watching hockey now, what would you say is your favorite part of the sport as it has evolved?
3: Pause, or do you have one?
0: That's actually <laughs> maybe maybe the better question.
3: No,
2: I, I, I think the the new uniforms are kind of cool. Like, I think the Kraken's uniform is awesome. Oh, it's awesome. That'd I agree. Very cool. Uh, what do you think about the I Vegas? I think the arenas are home? really good. hmm and the light show in Vegas is awesome.
1: Yeah, what about the, what about the Vegas, the, 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 the golden, golden helmets. helmets that they use? You like those? I'm no? okay i okay with that. I love it. Yeah. I, I thought the whole league was going to do it. I think that would be kind of cool. All gold helmets? That would be no, kind of weird. No, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that? what I meant. I don't know. I mean, it's. I,
2: I, I don't think, I think the game's gone backwards. It's not going forward. I think the game was way better 15 Years ago.
0: Do you see it swinging back in the other direction at all?
2: Well, it all changes, right? Like, who would have ever thought it was going to be like it is today? Who would have ever thought they were going to try to take fighting out of the game? No one, right?
0: Absolutely. Like,
2: good things, like bench-clearing brawls, it's good. Okay, we can't do that anymore. That's a good thing. (laughs) But a good one-on-one punch-in-the-face contest is great. All right, one more Punch for you. In the face.
0: <laughs> I like to watch it, of course. It
3: says him. Yeah, I want ring- ringside I w- seats. I wake up every morning <laughs> and my nose is pointing
0: west. <laughs> says right. you. We've got one more for you here, and this one's a little wordy, so I want to make sure oh, I get okay. it right. I'll read it for you. The most incredible goal I've ever seen was your over-the-shoulder, behind-the-back deflection, uh, down past Cujo in the World ah. Cup. <laughs> what do you think was your most amazing goal uh, other, uh, let's see, other than the cup winner? Thanks. My first one.
2: Yeah, that first goal is always the coolest. Where, where was it? Uh, it, was my it, first, was in it was my first shift. Uh, no. Yeah, no. It was my first game for sure <laughs> in Calgary against Hartford, against Steve Weeks, game winner. Weeksy. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so... Uh, you know, you get that – it's like the best moment is your first game because you can say, I made it. They can never take that away from you. And same with the first goal. And that – you never think you're going to get 700, but, I mean, it
0: was yeah,
2: – I never thought That's that. the best
0: goal. Thankfully, <laughs> you never thought that. I never thought Good. that. Do you still have that puck? Or is it at? No, I got nothing. Nothing? You didn't keep any of it? No. He knew there I, were going to be seven hundred. clutter. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it's not like you were going to give it to me if I asked for it. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. That's a good now, point, well, yeah.
2: now if I go to replace all my golf clubs that are clutter now <laughs> with hockey <laughs> stuff, we'd have something. Well,
0: know. this has <laughs> really been a, a, an amazing thing, Brett. We thank you so very much you for you taking kidding? the it's time. My pleasure. Thank you for being and here. Yeah, us. Guys, what a thank blast. you, everybody. Keep coming out to the Junction House. Uh, And we thank everybody at Brett Hull's Junction House here in Winsville. Uh, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and of course, Brett Hull. It is the live version, uncensored, of the Last Minute Blues podcast. Thank you, Brett, very much. This was an honor. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, Brett
1: Hull, everybody.
0: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors,
1: we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season.